Hi, and welcome back to In at the End, a podcast about The Sopranos, where me, I'm Val. I'm Alex. And we watch episodes of The Sopranos together and then immediately sit down and record a podcast about them. Yeah. So this is mostly, as usual, um, a mix of our reactions, our thoughts, some of our theories and ideas, some theories and ideas of other people. And yeah, yeah we're going to... about Boca. Yeah, episode nine of season one. Yes. So, yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, I think there's a lot of things going on in this episode. I definitely had some theories that I thought were kind of continued throughout Great. the whole episode in terms of color and absence of color, use of blacks and whites. There's a lot of examples of, but I'm wondering if there's anywhere where you want to start before I get into a whole thing. Maybe let's come to that a little bit later. Let's talk about some of like the overarching themes and that'll, I think, lead us nicely into the color thing. Um, So, you know, we don't, we're not going to cover all the plot, obviously, but really we have these couple storylines in this episode, right? We have the storyline of Junior and Junior slash Corrado. I want to talk a little bit about names afterwards. I had a thing going on. But we have Junior going down to Boca and also like revealing secrets about Tony, secrets being revealed about him. We also have the storyline surrounding Coach Hauser, the high school girls soccer coach, and all the drama surrounding that. And kind of as a side of that like we have a lot of conflict between Artie and Tony. I think that's how I would sum it up. Am I missing something there? No, I think those are kind of the two parallel storylines that are going on. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know. I kind of just want to maybe talk about, we can start with talking about um, Junior and Bobby if you want to and kind of what happens with that storyline because that, we when we were coming home tonight to watch this episode, um, and I knew we were going to watch Boca. I immediately like had a very visceral remembrance of the scene where the final scene, the final scene with Corrado and Bobby, where it's it's violent, but it's not violent in the same way that we see violence happen throughout the episode, right? So he th- puts a pie in her face, which is kind of this comedic trope, right? Yeah. But this wasn't funny. Um, and you're just devastated by this scene. Yeah, it's pretty devastating, and it seems pretty violent. The way that Corrado pushes it in her face, looking at the way that he's acting in that scene, the emotions that we feel are extremely violent and aggressive. Yeah, and the whole thing, right, is centered around Corrado. So, like, we have secrets throughout this episode, but in in this storyline in particular, right, the secret that Corrado is worried about being revealed is that he likes to go down to Boca. Yeah, go down to Boca. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to, Boca. yeah. Um, there were lots of great um, oral sex uh, puns, or whatever you want to call them, not puns, but Carmilla like. Carmilla did a great job. Yeah, oh, I love the one. So yeah, like, so we're talking about Corrado's oral sex abilities. <laughs> and we hear Carmela. my favorite line of the episode is when he says, well, they ask him, how was Boca? And he says, it was great. I don't go down enough. And then Carmela says, that's not what I heard. Uh, <laughs> which is a really awkward thing to say to your <laughs> husband's uncle <laughs> at the table. 
But of course, it's been this like chain of gossip surrounding his skills. And which, you know, for women, I think, and this is maybe we can talk about this a little bit. For women, it's kind of like a natural topic of conversation in some ways. Like she's not talking about, you know, how great he is at oral sex because she's ashamed of him or whatever. She's like very she's so happy, right? Like she loves this guy. Right. And she loves spending time with him and he clearly like brings her a lot of pleasure in her life. And so, yeah, like is she a bit of a blabbermouth? Sure, right? Like she's talking to her nail lady, she's talking to all these people about, you know, specifics about their sex life, which maybe is a little bit revealing, but at the same time, like, she views it as something that's very positive. She views it as something that other women see as positive. Other women are jealous of her right. for this. Right. Um, and, but the thing with Corrado, right, is that he, in his world, in his circle, right, so there's her circle and her people. In his circle, it's somehow seen as being related to being gay. Fanuk. Of Fanuk, which again, I, just like Bobby, I don't really see the connection between those two things, but it's emasculating or right. degrading or right. um, holds these other connotations for him. Yeah, I mean, perhaps it's seen as looking at like a loss of power in their world mm-hmm. or something, and I think that that's a dynamic that's examined a lot on this show, and even in the context of this episode, there's an examination of what that information entails in terms of revealing it to people and Junior's afraid that it is a loss of power and standing in the mob family which ultimately it is Tony gets the information and it kind of arms him with a weapon almost that he kind of weaponizes against him and it's interesting to see in that golf scene when they start discussing it Tony brings up that information in a very underhanded way and they start kind of weaponizing these secrets that they have against Mm -hmm. each other both these kind of like loose lips sort of yeah. situations. Yeah. But both of them aren't really dealing with these issues head on. It's very underhanded and it ends up being very kind of Machiavellian in terms of how they're using the information. Yeah. And it's funny because they're like in terms of, you know, empathy, if you want to call it that, like they're really both in the same boat, but that they don't seem to recognize that, right? They're just like using, like you said, like these words are weapons kind of things. Yeah. Um, Definite. And it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, no. in the conversation between Bobby and Junior, there's not really any logical conclusion that's no. reached in terms of why this can't be spread. It's just one of the rules. Yeah, it, it and we'll talk maybe we'll talk more about like rules and morals and things like that a little bit later as well. Um, I guess you know the comparison point that could be held is like both going to a therapist and going down on a woman are both seen as these kind of like emasculating or dangerous behaviors. Yeah. Um, that both like put both of them at risk, right? Like that's the thing about like people's knowledge of either of those secrets really are threatening to both yes. of them, right? Whether real like realistically or not, right? Like I think both of them view it as Act a, a real threat to yeah. who they are as people, right? Like who they are seen as in yeah. larger society. And it's interesting to think about perhaps it's like the seeding of control that we've talked about in previous episodes a lot and how important that is to these main characters. And in a messed up way in their own kind of misogynistic, kind of messed up worldview, seeding control to a woman is particularly 
problematic right. or something to them. Right. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's hard. It's, I don't know. For me, it's hard to understand that. <laughs> like, yeah. it's hard to, because I think we, like, even compared to when this show first aired, right, in 1999 versus now, like, both of those topics, like, both seeing a therapist and, yeah. you know, oral sex. <laughs> are both topics that are like more acceptable, if you want to call it that, to be discussed in the media, discussed in right. public yeah. Um, versus, you know, even back in, you know, before the millennium or whatever yeah. like that, there would have been a little bit more taboo yeah. to discuss. So And perhaps also both of those topics that are being looked at are a reflection of taboos within those two generations mm, mm-hmm. that belong to Corrado and that belong mm-hmm. to Tony. I mean, the taboo of these sexual taboos for Junior's generation and then the taboo against psychiatry is almost like an evolution of what isn't accepted and as time goes on they kind of progress so if we were to look at this now through the lens of 2018 obviously that's changed yeah the views on on all these things have changed quite a bit yeah but maybe would still hold like in our older generations right if we like you know yeah and also these rules that they're following were formed in an older generation that they're trying to cling to I think that's what the show is examining yeah I mean, there's so many references to mouths mm-hmm. in this in a this storyline. Not so much in the other storyline, really. Like, it doesn't seem to kind of, like, carry over as much. But definitely, like, the title, Boca, right? Referring to the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we see, like, we have a lot of emphasis on the mouth. So there's a lot of great shots. Um, like, for example, like, when Bobby's feeding Junior... Um, red peppers in bed yeah. and then he's later eating them um, when Bobby is talking to her nail her esthetician if you want if you will yeah. um, about um, what was going down in Boca um, she makes the sign of like you know like locking her lips with a yeah. key kind of thing like yeah. so like you know and there's references to like like even she says it to Junior when they're dancing in that mm-hmm. very romantical scene yeah um, like about loose lips and he's like not too loose there's all sorts of innuendo going on there um we also see oh we we, we're gonna look this up darn Mm -hmm. okay well we think maybe the art behind tony Ah. and carmela's bed is different than it has been and I need to check in on that maybe we'll get back to you next week but it's these four women standing in a circle like whispering to each other it's very specific reaction and emotion being worn on the face there's one person who's clearly getting consoled by another woman in front there's another woman who's kind of like looking down yeah it's really interesting and i know like that kind of classic art italian classic art is always in the background of the Uh soprano but i don't think it's that one if if it's not that well there's never been that kind of focus on it Mm -hmm. it's very intentional this scene where i feel like it used to be like floral I think it is people, but mm. there's never been that kind of focus on it. And that's really focused on prominently during the scene where Tony and Carmela are, well, Carmela is yeah. revealing this secret of Junior lo- to Tony. I love that scene also. It's actually like a really lovely Carmela and Tony scene. We yeah. kind of get two of those. This We're getting a little bit away from our topic, I guess. But we get two of these scenes where like, well, so... In the first one, when Carmela is revealing this secret after the dinner that they have, where Carmela makes that comment about Corrado going down to Boca, um, we have Tony kind of like tickling Carmela to get 
you know, get this secret and they're laughing. They like they find it really funny. Um, Carmela has that wonderful line because he's like Tony's then worried that Carmela's gonna blab about him right. going down, right. and she's like, I forget exactly how she says it. She's like, once a so, year, yeah. I yeah. think I can resist the urge to gossip yeah. or something like that. It was great. <laughs> But then at the end of the episode, we kind of have Tony being also kind of silly and light when he comes home super wasted. Well, and I don't know if I would call that scene light. Well, it's not <laughs> light, but he like he's giggling, they're dancing. It's kind of this like, I don't know, I saw them as mm. kind of connected in some way. Mm. I, I haven't quite worked out how, but interesting. But what, especially when he's lying on the floor and he's kind of like giggling kind of the way. Anyways. Maybe. For me, that's almost like a kind of like blackened reflection of that maybe yeah I mean I'm not saying they're the same I'm saying they're related yeah that scene has a lot of gravity for me I think that Tony's let's maybe let's with come a lot of things yeah maybe yeah. let's come like we'll talk about that scene yeah. after too but yeah. um anyways yeah I trying to think anything else we wanted to say about the Boca oh I I also the one thing I love about when they're in that scene that's framed by these two shots, the Sopranos autopsy guy talks a lot about these cuts. Mm -hmm. I remember he talks about like the, there's like a zoom in right. focus, and then there's that weird freeze frame yeah. at it's the end of the scene. Edit. But anyways, in that scene when they're dancing and they're laughing and they're having this great time in Boca, there's a fed there or someone there who's reporting back. He's saying like, uh, you know, Corrado, Soprano, mm -hmm. 2,200 hours or yeah. whatever, spotted, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I love that because the secret that Junior's really worried about in this episode yeah. is not the one that those guys are focused on, right? No. Like, like he's focused on these, like, much larger issues, but Corrado's the most worried about this secret about him having, yeah. you know, giving oral pleasure is going to come out instead. Right. Um, so I thought that was well done. And even that they've followed them, like we see kind of the, even though we don't know any of the feds yet, we see them kind of lurking around, right? Yeah. So we see that guy. And we guy. see them in the, the two feds in the back of the restaurant yeah. where Artie is with Tony. And yeah. he gets the guy to take off his baseball hat and he comes back. He has the bottle of wine sent over. Yeah. But he also makes sure to get the uh, two license plate numbers from the people on the table behind. And if you watch, you know, you can kind of see them looking up and gazing over at the table, yeah. implying that they probably are agents. Yeah, especially earlier, like even before Tony goes over with the hat. Like you actually see them watching more then, but you're not yeah. like kind of queued up to notice them. Yeah, unless and you, even before. Unless you've seen this show a million times, then you are. There's a lot of foreshadowing, though, in this episode in particular. That's a great example. Right away, you can see when they go, when... Artie and Tony are talking and they're at the restaurant. Those two are looking up in a kind of precarious mm -hmm. way. And you can see that they're looking at them. There's other similar shots. Like you have um, the the scene near the beginning at the soccer game where you can actually focus on Allie and Coach Hauser. Yeah. And Allie's kind of walking around <laughs> kind of melancholically. Or, yeah. And then, Lackadaisily, <laughs> if that's about it. And then we go to focus, have a, have a focus on Coach Hauser's face an interaction between the two of them, kind of like a unspoken bond that's mm -hmm. referred to right off the top, mm -hmm. which isn't something that you necessarily pick up on. Unless right you've away. seen this show. Also, times. Jimmy Altieri. We have a scene when <gasps> he's coming one. over in Greengrove, and they're talking about the supply chain. Tony brings up the supply chain, and there's a super long focus on Jimmy Altieri. Yeah, it's like just too long. Like, it, it makes you... 
Yeah. At least if you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, again, not to <laughs> harp on things that are coming in the series, but there are foreshadowing elements that we see in this episode that are kind of representing what's to come. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was focusing on here is kind of like the, and maybe this will kind of like lead us into the topic of the other half of this episode, perhaps. Um, we have a lot of talk here, or like we have a lot of images, and we had a lot of talk about like the rules. Mm -hmm. Or so, like, even when Junior and Bobby are talking about oral sex, he says, like, I don't make the rules. Um, we see one of my favorite shots, and maybe this will get into your black and white stuff too. Mm -hmm. We open the sh we open the episode with a lot of focus on that referee, yeah. right? Who's like someone who is supposed to make black and white. They wear those black and white yeah. stripes. They're supposed to make these very like clear cut calls, yes. right? And we see like Tony and Silvio and Artie are all kind of uncomfortable or upset with the fact that he's making these very like clear cut, like he's yes. giving people yellow cards. He's like. Mm -hmm throwing them out there yeah. and they they don't like that they yeah. don't like that kind of black and white um stuff and yet there's they're constantly the whole... engaging in black and white decisions totally. themselves. it's just from their perspective yeah um even but even the referee like putting silvio in his place being like it's my field yes. get off the field right um we have like i said like those cops um we have the whole conflict that tony goes through later in the episode maybe we'll get to that yeah with like deciding you know, is he gonna call the cops or isn't he? I think that's the central question of yeah. this episode, this question of justice. And I think yeah. that that is reflected by use of color pretty mm -hmm. strongly in the episode. But mm -hmm. I think the core question is, what is justice? Who is it for? And in the end, when Tony decides to not solve it himself, he's kind of responding to um, that statement from, from Melfi mm. earlier on where she's asking, you know, why do you, Tony Soprano, need to be in charge of mm -hmm. deciding all of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, we have Arthur saying, he deserves, he deserves to, to die. die. I like and how we both wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> and how quickly they turn after that. How quickly everything changes yeah. in terms of their relationship with the, with the coach. But I think the question is, who feels better? It comes down to Artie's, you know, little exchange with Tony right before the end of the episode. Who feels better? It's us. Does it help the daughter? Well, no, it doesn't. Yeah. And Tony taking on this kind of vigilante role of solving these problems is a very kind of like black and white response to these, to these issues that are actually quite complicated. And even for something as clear cut as a coach having a relationship with a teenager in grade 11, the show does take efforts to introduce elements that confuse the situation. Mm and make it more complicated. Mm -hmm. She was consenting. She was, not that that was appropriate or allowed or- Not, not that 16 year olds can consent to. Officially. There is, yeah, there, there is, yeah, exactly. There, but there are, there are just little things that are thrown in to just kind of complicate the whole thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Even the age, of, I was just gonna say, like I caught myself there. Even like something like, an age of consent is a moral decision that like society has like decided on kind of like arbitrarily in a lot of ways, right? Like who's to say that before 
whether it's you know 16 or 18 or whatever it is in your state, right? Like, who's to say that before that you are consenting and af- are not consenting, and after that you are consenting? And I think we deal with a lot of these more like morally relative questions, right? We deal with, um, like you're saying, like it's n- it's never black and white in this show. Nothing is black and white in this show. Yeah. And this episode, I think, like really clearly is delving into that issue of like you know like how people like Tony Soprano who are considered by many people in the public to be relatively immoral people what happens when they feel like they're making moral good moral decisions right or that they are morally superior yeah than others right and who who, who can say that they're morally superior to someone else yeah um, one of the things I wanted to yeah. talk about, and I think like you maybe might come out on another side than me on this, is um, Charmaine Bucco implies, and you said you said roughly mm-hmm. that, like she implies that they're being selfish, right, mm-hmm. by pursuing that vigilante justice. Yeah. I don't know. I for me, like I don't, and again, I don't really know where I stand. I'm just kind of thinking it out as we talk. But like, I don't know if that is selfish, like. They're putting them by, had they done something to the yeah. coach, right? They're putting them, like, there's lots of people who would have known it was them. Yeah. Right? They're putting themselves Maybe. out. Yeah, I mean, well, Charmaine definitely knew. Artie would definitely know. Um, the, you know, uh, we had Christopher, like, stealing the dog. And so we had these kind of, like, minor infractions, yeah. right? But, like, people would have. Yeah, but I think that's the business of the mob in New Jersey, too. That's kind of the unspoken rule is that everybody kind of knows what's going on. Everybody knows who these people are, what they do, but they get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe so. But that's kind of like the question, right? Like, um, is it selfish? There's so many things that bad people like, again, bad is a really, you know, whatever word. But like, there are so many things that people do to each other that hurt each other and they get away with it, right? Yeah. This whole episode is actually making me think a lot about like the hashtag me too movement. Yes. In a lot of ways too, right? Because if we think about justice and we think about like trying to solve a problem like this, mm-hmm. like this coach sleeping with this girl. Yeah. Um, with Allie. Um how does Allie get justice for this, yeah. right? So, and I think like in a lot of ways, like Sylvia, when Sylvio said, um, or I guess Syl and Tony were both there and they were like, what's, well, what's gonna happen if we call the cops? He's gonna get two years and then yeah. move to Saskatchewan yeah. and then teach girls soccer all over yeah. again, right? Um, Tony even talks to Melfi about like that, like, oh, well, we'll just like, we'll put him in psychiatry and then we'll have sympathy for him, right? Yeah. It deals a lot with the perpetrator and that's the thing like with the Me Too movement, like people have been really like considering very heavily yeah. the um, the impacts on these perpetrators right. of violence and sexual, I mean, sexual violence victims. as opposed to the victims, right? So how does Ali get justice? I don't know, Yeah, you know? And so for me, like, you know, there's flaws in our justice system. Our justice system is not based on moral relativism. Our yeah. justice system is based on these like very black and white views of things, yeah. um, which in some ways then it makes it hard when you fall through the cracks. But is it preferable to push these questions off to the legal system as opposed to killing somebody in yeah. response? I, 
I, I'm not arguing that like killing someone <laughs> is good. That's you know. However, like who gave who gave them the permission to be like the dealers of what's moral and what's not, right? Like who gives our legal system that power? It's people who give them that power, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if you really believe in that philosophy, right? If you believe that there are things that are morally relative, um, maybe in some situations that is the best decision. I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that that's what to I would choose. To have a vigilante response? Yeah. Well, I think other shows deal with this as well. Like, yeah. I mean, Dexter, which is like a, you know, poor man's version of The Sopranos. Very, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Very much so. But, sorry. It was entertaining. Um, but, you know, like, so when, when the, and we don't know from this episode either, like, if the justice system fails here. Like, you know, maybe he does go to jail for a really long time. We don't get to see that play out. So maybe it, maybe they made the right call with, you know, kind of destroying this dude's family. And they do. They talk about, like, what's going to be the impact on his wife and his daughter, right? Because mm-hmm. his daughter is also on the soccer team, yeah. right? So other people are hurt. There's other collateral damage to calling the cops on this guy. Yeah. Obviously, if their her dad died, yeah. there would also be collateral damage mm-hmm. there, right? But in, when you examine, like, all the po- – like – what are like all the possible impacts and look at and weigh who's impacted you know in what way um it's not always black and white and i don't know if justice is always served. i don't think it ever is i think that's what the show is examining yeah, some of these things so cool. seem black and white even something like this yes. this is almost one of the most black and white possible scenarios yes. you can imagine in terms of this is something that is clearly not okay and it's clearly a major offense. Yeah. And yet the response to it is very complicated and there can't necessarily, it's difficult to have a black and white response to mm-hmm. something like this mm-hmm. because if it's that definite, we're, who's setting the rules? Mm-hmm. And I think that at least deferring to the legal system, that's a set of rules that everybody if has at least tacitly agreed to abide to, by. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's better than, uh, to passing this along to Tony Soprano and his crew right. and their sense of morality to solve a problem right. like this. I'm not relying on them to like, you know, be the legal the new legal system right. in the world. But, but also, I think the question for me is like, who's worse? Tony yeah. or Coach Hauser? Interesting question. There might not be a real how do you come up with an answer to I that? I don't know. Yeah. Right? You like, can't weigh these things similarly because it isn't black and white. Yeah. But also in terms of the question of justice. Mm-hmm. Is the just response to all the things that Coach Hauser did death? Mm-hmm. I think most people would probably argue not. Sure. Yeah. Maybe many would argue yeah. that it is. But I don't think that's Tony Soprano's call. No, but again, it's someone's call. Like, I guess like the thing about it, and it's a philosophy. Like You don't have to ascribe to it, but it's questioning whether Tony is the one to be making these decisions is good. It's good to ask that question, but we don't often question like our legal system and say, are these the people that should be making these decisions, right? Yeah. And arguably there's like, you know, yeah, Tony's really shitty, but there's lots of shitty people out there who like society views as good and deserving of making decisions, right? Yeah. So you can see that kind of even with like Corrado's lawyer. Yeah. Right? And I always think lawyers are such interesting <laughs> interesting you know i was once told that um i 
by a lawyer that I should work under the table. So like they're they're not always the most you know <laughs> like um, I don't know what the right word is like moral guides right in this legal system for sure. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, but then we, so I was going to, what I was going to say was like, we see Artie, Artie's such a great character. I mean, yeah. I just love Artie Bucco. And we see him in this episode, I think, reflecting a lot of what's going on, right? Because when Artie and Tony are having dinner together and they're at that restaurant and um, Tony sees that guy wearing a hat, yeah. which is like v- a huge affront to him, right? Like it's in a nice restaurant. Um, Artie's, Artie's on board. Artie's like, really feels the same way he's like yeah like oh there no one has any values today our standards are crumbling Mm -hmm. right and when tony goes up to that guy wearing a hat and intimidates him into taking off his hat um you know he wasn't violent but he was definitely scary yeah um and he buys him a bottle of wine later that was (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's kind of like he he is he's this like he wants to stand up for this like moral code whether yeah. or not it's what we consider to be moral yeah. Tony has a moral code it doesn't mean good morals or there's no such thing as good morals or bad morals they're I, just yeah. morals I think that what that question that comes up in the restaurant brings up is that's something that both Artie and Tony agree and the waiter is bad yes and I think that the question isn't so much about well it is about the moral code but it's a lot about these characters deciding this is right, this is wrong. Yes. This is the right response, this is the wrong response. These very two-dimensional responses to the world. And what this show does is it breaks that down and it shows that everything is multidimensional. All these characters are very complicated. Mm -hmm. They're all multidimensional characters with a lot of complexity. They have a lot of good things going for them, they have a lot of bad things going for them. And they interact with the world, which is also incredibly multidimensional. There's a lot of complexity. There's good and bad things. And some of these characters try to respond to it in a way that is completely one of two options. Yeah. And we start to see that break down. Yeah. In some ways in the world, right, like just for for our brains, we have to do that, right? Like it's a way, it's like in order to make sense of the world, you kind of do have to position yourself yeah. Between like pol- these polar poles. <laughs> yeah. Let me bring up some examples I found because yeah. there's a lot yeah, going great. on. I think the use of colors and the use of black and whites and sometimes grays is really pronounced. And I think a lot of the time it reflects these decisions between the right answer and the wrong answer. Yeah. So in the very beginning of the episode, we have on the soccer field, we have. The coach with this very red shirt for the yeah. soccer team. We have Artie with a red hat and a green shirt. Color. All of the um, gang members, all of the gang members, all of the mob family. <laughs> I don't know. We're watching, the not watching the wire. Yeah. <laughs> so all the all the members of Tony's crew are wearing blacks, grays, and I that, thought Sylvia was wearing a tank top, like a white, a white, a I white respecter tank top. It's a lot of combinations of whites and blacks okay. and sometimes coming together to be grays. Okay. And we see it just kind of again and again. I think it kind of establishes this color language. When they go to the uh, Bada Bing shortly after, mm-hmm. again, you have the, the color that um, Artie and the coach are wearing. And again, the crew's wearing kind of all gray. And we have Vin McKazian come in who mm. introduces this new information. Mm-hmm relating to the kind of the underworld. The indictments. And, yeah. yeah. 
all gray. We have Junior, when he goes to see his lawyer, they're all wearing grays, all <laughs> blacks and whites. The only one I think where I saw any color was the lawyer who was wearing a three-piece suit with a vest with a tie that had some reds on it. Okay. So kind of like hidden underneath, but at least dealing with this yeah, yeah. outside world. As soon as Junior goes down to Boca and meets up with Bobby, they're wearing the most colorful shirts I could possibly oh, imagine. Yeah. Satin blues, yeah. greens. He's kind of getting away from that yeah. world. Yeah. He's and he's trying to kind of escape. And that's actually I like that. Yeah. And even when he's yeah, so when he's down there, they have that funny edit kind of coming back. And right after that, they actually go to the Soprano House, where they're watching the a black and white movie. They're watching a black and white oh history channel. History channel, history channel. yeah, which is actually like on Roman columns. This kind of like classic infrastructure, Italian infrastructure right. that's holding it up in black and white. That's kind of coming away from this colorful world. Um, also, in the scene with the uh, the hat, that's probably some of the most pronounced examples. We have. A focus on the waiter right away to set up the scene who's wearing a tux, all black and white, yep. black bow tie. When Tony goes over, again, like grays, uh, he does actually, he is wearing some color underneath the suit in that scene. But when he goes over to the table with the man in the hat, mm -hmm. they are wearing everything is black. Black hat, black shirt. The Even woman the is woman? Black cocktail dress. Oh, wow. And he, and this is like, they see this, this is bad. Yeah. Take it off. Yeah. It's like, this is wrong. So he takes it away. As soon as he walks away, there's kind of this white statue right. in the background after he's gotten him to take off the hat. Right. And we actually see another scene. Yeah, with, in Artie's with, backyard. Yeah, in, yeah. There's actually, I mean, I'll get to it because there's there's even more scenes. Um, when we have Coach Harris, Paulie, and his goons all show up at his house to bring the TV, they all go they go back into a line of two completely black cars. Right. Right? So yeah. Coach Hauser seeing this now is this kind of like completely, he's standing up to this. This is this, wrong. This is wrong. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, actually, in the line from Melfi, why do you, Anthony Soprano, always have to um, set things right? Mm -hmm. Then there's actually an edit immediately to the Bada Bing sign, all black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Those bees in the Bada Bing sign that have nipples on them. I know. So there's a, there's a little <laughs> bit of nipple they're, color. They're very <laughs> disturbing. I, you know, I don't, I didn't remember that. I remembered, like, the woman mm -hmm. in that, but I didn't remember that the bees were boobs. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That was a great, that was a great point. <laughs> um, that, so then, actually, getting back to that white statue, a, this was actually a really interesting scene, where Artie is saying, he won't get away with this about Coach Hauser mm, to mm. Charmaine. And Charmaine says, you know, goes into this kind of speech about the, the selfishness of those actions. Yeah. Artie's wearing a black shirt, and there's another white statue right next to him that actually looks almost identical to the totally. one. Totally, yeah, it's like the, the same restaurant. statue. And there's yeah. actually, the shot that leaves that scene is like, Artie in a garden wearing a black shirt with the white statue next to him. It's this, like, garden of good and evil. Yeah. And he's kind of, like, ruminating with these questions. Well, he's using Bug Be Gone, Well, that's though. really interesting. He asked yeah. for Bug Be Gone, the pesticide, which refers to what Tony was asking for from... Now, this is some real deep Sopranos trivia questions. From The dad AJ's... of AJ's nemesis in school. I forget his name. Anyway, I know. his dad, Rats. he goes... He sees him at, and he's asking for the pesticides with DDT to get rid of his. his yeah. He's like, this is what I want. I just want to kill it. Yeah. And now Artie's asking for this bug be gone. They're kind of 
you know, revisiting this symbol yeah. of the pesticide. Yeah. Let's just, let's kill it. Let's yeah. just get rid of these problems. Yeah. And Charmaine has a much more nuanced response to that. I, I also love Charmaine. Also wearing color every she's time. wearing purple or something. Wearing purple shirt yeah. and that. And actually when she comes, there's another scene where she's coming down the stairs, again, color. Mm-hmm. So she has a much more broad view of these issues. Mm-hmm. She's not seeing them as this is right, this is wrong. It's more complicated. She's taking everything in and it's not well, selfish. I don't know about that. Like, I think, I don't know if Charmaine, like, I think she views Tony and all those guys as terrible. There's a line, I wish I had jotted it down. It's like when Artie's doing laundry, he, he's like washing his work clothes. Yeah. And when she comes down there, there's like there's a strong. I wish I had written it there's down. A strong what? There's like a strong statement that she makes about those yeah. goons. I don't know. She like yeah. calls them something. Yeah. And so I don't know that like okay maybe with other issues yeah. she has a more nuance. Like she's a very smart woman and yeah. she like obviously like thinks a lot about these yeah. issues, right? Yeah. They seem to have a very like open relationship. Like um, she calls him at like she knows he's at the Bing and she calls yeah. him there. Um, so like she's at least a little bit open-minded yeah. like and trusting of Artie but then she mentions something else like about something that like Artie would have had to have told her right. about her about um, oh about the TV or something like mm -hmm. that I forget anyways like something right. that you she would have had to been told there do you well that's, that's what she brings yeah, up yeah exactly so I don't know like so I, I get that she's nuanced but I think that she really thinks that Tony she hates Tony she does you know, and she, I think she's very black and white with like yeah. Artie, like, you know, what they're doing is bad. I yeah, know. all the characters are, but I think that she's factoring the complexities of how these actions are gonna impact other people way more than other people. It's not like this solution, this, you know, is gonna solve everything. Mm -hmm. It's not white. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> this is bad, this is black. Yeah, but this I'm not will, sure what idea. the white is for her. Like, well, what I'm saying is she's not sure what I don't know if is. there is yeah. a way for her. There's an okay. existence of color. Yeah. There's a lot of factors. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah. if you think about what color is, it's, you know, a combination of of these lights, you know. Yeah. And white and black are both the absence of color. Yeah. 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 And I think it's just a more nuanced, more multidimensional yeah. view. So actually, this all kind of culminates in the end after Artie has the exchange with Tony. Yeah. That leads him to not actually kill Coach Hoser. Right. Tony, as soon as Artie leaves, he throws an all-white white plate, cup. Yeah, completely yeah. crashes it. So his solution is gone now because yeah. there's been some examination of it. Right, some like, critique of his... And then he starts... Freaking out. Freaking out, but he starts zeroing in on the phone mm -hmm. to make that phone call, and mm -hmm. this, this black phone. Well, because Tony's view of the cops is black. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're his, like, enemy. Really? Well, actually, I'm not sure if the phone signifies him calling the cops. It, it oh. could, but it also could be signifying him calling Silvio. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah it, it's, and then when Silvio, when he does call Sil, you think he's calling to be Or he like, could be actually, call, he actually, no, it's actually probably him calling Sil to kill him. Right, right, right. He says, all they need to do is make the call. Yeah. So is that they've actually yeah. established okay, right. that yeah. symbol. You're right. I actually think that's what it's referring I to. I think you're right, yeah. The phone is calling him to kill him. Yeah. And then actually what you have when he's wrestling with this on his own in that room, he starts playing with a purple four ball on the billiards yeah, I just, table. I noticed which that. also, another kind of duality, goes back to the beginning of the episode where Artie is talking about just shooting pool at the butt of Bing. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. But now there's he's he's weighing this kind of color multidimensional option. And that's where he settles. He gets hammered to deal with it, and that's where the show ends up mm -hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. 
but he's dealing with responding to problems in a way that he's not used to. It's a yeah. lot less cut and dry, and he actually can't really deal with it. Yeah. I love when he, like, acknowledges Melfi. Like, we don't hear him acknowledge what she does for him a lot, but in his drunken state, he says to yeah. Carmela, like, call the psychiatrist and tell her, like, the town's going to give her an award or something. Like, a raise, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, or whatever it was. Like, I yeah. thought that was a great line. And, like, <laughs> and we know he does listen to her, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. There was there. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot in that episode. Um, I I just have like a couple smaller. In fact, I think I probably just left some, but that's fine. Doesn't that's matter. Okay. That's yeah, <laughs> that's look for blacks black and whites. <laughs> Watch the there, episode; there. you'll see it. Um, so here's something I want to run by you, and I just mentioned that I wanted to talk about names. Um, we we see a lot in this show, like we like examine duality a lot, right? Like mm -hmm. we we've talked before about the shots of Tony's face, you know, from one side and the other. Yeah. Um, this whole concept of black and white, arguably, is kind yeah. of looking at these dualities. Um, but there was a line in this episode, and it was from Bobby, slash Roberta, um, and she says to Corrado, "If only they knew the other side of you." Mm. And what I was thinking about in this, what I was noticing in this episode was how many characters go by two different names depending on who's talking about them. So one of the big ones that came out in this episode is Arthur and Artie. Only Charmaine calls Artie Arthur. And she says it a lot. She says his name a yeah. number of times. Fact, and so you, you're made very aware of it. There's another character who calls him Arthur, which I've never oh. seen in the show before. I know, I was gonna write it oh, down. Oh shoot. One of yeah, I think Tony. One of Tony's crew calls him Arthur. Oh well, that's in this episode. okay. Well, that that is, so let me say my yeah. other ones, and then we can, and mm -hmm. then tell me if you hear of more. So one of the other ones is AJ slash Anthony, which is tricky because of course Tony's name is also Anthony. So we have AJ Anthony and Tony Anthony. Yeah. Or Tone. Yeah. Which right. is, some people call him that, but. Because we have that weird scene with Aid. We'll talk maybe about that opening scene at the beginning of the episode. Um, right. Which, anyways. Um, so, yeah. So, we have Artie, Arthur, AJ, Anthony, Tony, Anthony. Then we have Junior and Corrado. And I can't track. Like, they, it seems to be, like, interchangeable. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, Bobby calls him Corrado. But, like, Livia also calls him Corrado. Yeah. Most other people call him Junior. Yeah. Right? including Mikey. Actually, yeah. no, we hear Mikey call him both, I think. I, I should have kept better track. And then we have Bobby slash Roberta. Um, Corrado calls her Roberta quite a lot, number, a lot of the time. And then we also have AJ calling her Aunt Bobby or Aunt Bobby, yeah. which is, again is like another label put on someone. And then Livia shuts that one down and says, yeah. She's, that woman is not your aunt. Yeah. <coughs> In response Excuse to me. the story about bringing him a live piranha. A live piranha, which was really, that was a, such a great scene. Um, but I don't know what you think about that, like about the name. I don't, like, are there any other characters you can think of that kind of have these dual names that are only used in different contexts? Hmm. That's and like, question. when you're, like, when are you, like, in what context are you Junior? Right. And in what context are you Corrado? And are those two parts of your personality or your persona are those can you reconcile those both mm -hmm. right so like for like and again in this episode like can Corrado slash junior reconcile this part of him that's very caring and intimate and soft in a yeah. very in a lovely way can that person be the same person who later on in the episode you know puts a pie in 
uh, Bobby's face and calls her a blabbermouth right. something. Yeah. Um, or the guy who, you know, orders a hit on his own nephew. Yeah. Right? Like, are those two pieces of him? Is is Junior, are Junior and Corrado, um, like, yeah, reconcilable is the only thing I can come up with. So that was something I was noticing. Yeah. Um, also refers to, I'm going to keep track of it. Yeah, your relationship with your family, where you come from, mm-hmm. what you're born to, mm-hmm. what you become, and the yeah, the different relationships you have and the different sides of yourself in different contexts. Yeah, I just thought it was yeah clear in this one. Um, we saw a lot of dogs in this episode. Um, not a lot, but we have the mm-hmm. dogs in the cemetery in that opening shot. Mm-hmm. We have the dogs, like the Coach Hauser's scene with the dogs earlier. And then, of course, we have, like, Chris with the dog. I don't know how he managed to steal the dog. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, He's pretty pretty good. And we have that opening scene. I always feel like opening scenes are really important. They are. Because I actually, I made a mistake. I referred to the scene with, you know, the soccer game as the opening scene. But the the opening scene was actually in the cemetery at Johnny Boy's uh, gravestone. Gravestone, yeah. And... Live, and so AJ's chasing these cemetery dogs around, and mm-hmm. he's he's telling jokes about dead people. Um, he's not coming and saying a Hail Mary or whatever she asks him to do, and our father yeah. for his grandfather. Um, he's running around. Junior's kind of standing by and keeping watch. Yeah. Livia is, you know, she's, like, making comments about plastic flowers, and there's weeds, and she says something. I forget exactly what she says to Junior, but kind of, like, again, like, one of these, like, like this is a fa- this is a moral failure of society basically that mm. and junior says nobody goes down here anymore which is funny <laughs> if you think of it <laughs> with the innuendo for well, the rest of the episode it's interesting but. so even the way they frame that first shot of the cemetery it's with the highways in the background with sound effects of cars zooming by yeah which is such a soprano shot yeah i mean typically a show you would just see them in the cemetery but they consciously they decide to have the highway, the infrastructure, the cars, and those sound effects happening during that scene. I also thought it was fascinating hearing Livia talk about my son, the mental patient, while right in front of a tombstone. I mean, that's another great example of foreshadowing. Her throwing out this information about Tony, you know, and going to see psychiatrist to Junior, also this relationship to death in the context of the whole first season is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, huge. I thought it was a, I, I forgot about that opening scene actually. Mm-hmm. And like, so that's why, yeah. Yeah. E- even just e- in terms of my names thing, like how they have, you know, we always hear about Johnny Soprano or Johnny Boy Soprano, but he had like a more full name on his tombstone. That's right. I yeah. can't, I should have written it down. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. I only have, like, one other thing I kind of wanted to touch on. Did you okay. have something that you wanted to... I have a few to... things. Okay. Well, you know, one actually... I have a few kind of stray things, but the one biggest thing that I have is um, the relationship between Tony and sports and the mm. relationship between yes. him, Junior, and sports. And Junior teaching him baseball. Yeah, so yeah. He ta- Junior talks about uh, how he missed that fly ball as yeah. a kid. Then this, the... F- camera starts to zoom in yeah we have a lot of focus on tony and james Gandolfini acting yeah he's it really affects him yeah and that's actually what triggers him to bring up all this stuff yeah. about boca yeah and him going down and this information that he has he becomes that like smiling evil person like i love when james Gandolfini does that when he's like 
being evil, but he's like smiling. It's so yeah. creepy. But it's really interesting because <laughs> we've talked about this before, actually in the first episode where Junior talks about, I, you know, you could have been a varsity athlete and yeah. how that was a terrible blow to Tony's self-esteem. Yeah. In this, you also have Junior talking about, he actually says, direct quote, Anthony wants to play games. I taught him baseball. Yeah, so I love that line. Re we're really yeah. establishing, yeah, some some symbols yeah. here. And it's just, it's really interesting how he responds to Junior by, by prodding him now with the information that he has. And then Junior responds with, at least I can deal with my problems. Yeah. So both of them are just incapable of dealing with these complicated emotions. Mm -hmm. And that ties back to when there's something that they don't like, they throw it on the other person. Mm -hmm. They go on the offensive. Mm -hmm. They attack. They use you know, critical weaknesses that they know about mm -hmm. and kind of turn things around. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see both those characters coming from the family of two gen different generations throwing weaknesses at each other. Yeah. Typically, Tony's able to kind of manipulate a situation by throwing people's weaknesses at them. Totally. But that's a really interesting scene. And, and we'll also, come back to Tony's, you know, sports career, too. We certainly will. Yeah. I loved seeing him and Syl and Artie getting, like, really worked up about this uh high school girls soccer game like it yeah. really does show I think like the importance of that to Tony in particular right like um yeah like they're like hugging each other when a goal a goal is scored yeah. Artie says that he would blow the coach like yes. <laughs> like which again is funny in well, the context funny in the context, context of, the of, the, arc of the episode sure like he's a, he's actually so saying much. he is going to mm, mm, mm. and they everyone's down on that's fine. Junior. He's not a fanuc. And yeah, everyone's down yeah, on Junior. Yeah, for being such a fanuc yeah. for, you know, going down on a woman. Um, yeah, it's... I, I lo I'm looking forward... What's that episode with Tony and his his dreams about high, his oh, high school? Oh, wow, that's really flashing forward quite yeah. a bit. I can't remember the name of the episode. Me but neither. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. That's a pretty pivotal one. Yeah, we like we know... We I, I forgot how much we hear about it before that episode, right? Yeah. Like, I forgot how often it comes up from Corrado. Yeah. Um, and I forgot how often, like, it's, like, yeah. a part of that game playing. And, yeah. you know, even in the flashback episode we had to Tony's childhood, right? Corrado's throwing him a baseball, right? Yeah. Like, it's good. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just wanted to, like, again, just kind of talking about, like, how taboo or, like, untalked about issues are dealt with. We have Allie, the girl who has been, you know, I would say molested by yeah. or coerced into sleeping mm -hmm. with her coach um we have her cutting herself right yes. when like meadow and her friends are drinking together and that's how ally like deals with her problems right in terms of like junior saying at least i deal with my problems yeah. but, like she's chosen this way to deal with her problems yeah. and we have this you know so then tony later is talking about this with melfi right and he and she's saying girls stay other, under a lot of stress. She talks about like whether it was a genuine suicide attempt or a cry for help. Suicidal gesture. A suicidal yeah. gesture, right? Um, I find that all very interesting, just in light of how that's dealt with um, yeah. in society, right? And again, it's one of yeah. these things where it's like. Um, it's not black and white. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, it was a genuine suicide attempt or she, it was a cry for help or mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. It's going to be somewhere in the middle yeah. of those things. And so it's hard to define it in that way. Yeah. Um, 
Just that was again, an interesting random. shot, actually, yeah. how they got there. Meadow and her friend are looking, looking for, for her. Yeah. They walk through a swing set. Yeah. Like an image of childhood and yeah. innocence. Totally. And they get there, and she's actually now on this kind of rocking swing chair. Yeah. So she's still a kid, really. Yeah. But it has, there is kind of like a more grown-up connotation to that chair yeah. than the swing set where they're looking for her. Yeah. They're kind of, you know, more innocent. When even them drinking off in the corner, yeah. looking for her, that's a more innocent, more kind of like youthful activity than yeah. the stuff that she has to be wrestling with. Totally. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, just a couple other asides, because I feel like we've been talking a long time and you have a headache, so. I did have a um, migraine today, so yeah. if I've been a little bit loopy. But I we have to, if we watch an episode, we have to talk about it. Um, Carmela calls Tony a cowboy. Which again, I think I mentioned maybe it was last week about his love of westerns and the fact that they were told that Johnny Boy was out being a cowboy in Montana yeah. when they was in jail, and being a cowboy. I don't know. We'll come back to that mm -hmm. one. I just wanted to point it out. And then the one thing that I thought was really funny were the interactions with Mikey Palmese today. And Mikey Palmese is a ridiculous character. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think underappreciated <laughs> character. I I yeah. don't think I really appreciated how He's ridiculous great. he is. Yeah. But. He was getting really pissed off that people weren't following the proper protocol of golf. Right. And like shutting up while he was teeing off. Like right. he was like really upset. And he was upset about other things throughout yeah. this episode, but I thought that was he said that they were lacking respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was great, right? Yeah. Um and then we have that also that funny scene where um Junior tells him that Tony's in therapy. And he's like, I knew it. And Junior's yeah. like, no, you didn't know it. I, I just, just told, told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's kind of all I have. Did yeah, you have anything no, you wanted to wrap up with? That's or? really it. I mean, it's cool to see Ro uh, Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess, you know, as again. writers again on yeah. this with Jason Cahill. How they wrote that was funny. Jason Cahill and, and then Robin Green, and then Ampersand. They're, they're a duo. Mitch I think they mostly. a team. Yeah. yeah. They're a married duo, just like you and me. But we're starting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we're starting to see... Uh, kind of like a, a core group of, of people that are writing and and actually we've even seen some of the kind of core directors for this yeah because what was their other episode we've seen this season Oy. down neck like yeah the one it was that was just before the ballad of tennessee multisanti i think so yeah. yeah also dealing a lot with like mouths and food and consumption and yeah or yeah, yeah. anyways interesting well. interesting very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Yeah. I don't know what's next. Well, but we'll find out. We'll find watch out. it and then we'll talk about it. Yep. So thanks. All right.